the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik welcome dear friends to another episode of the stories of mahabharata in the last episode we heard about the pandavas initial days in exile we also learned how dhritarashtra had banished vidura only to call him back to the palace once again it was a sultry summer afternoon The Pandavas had just taken a dip in the river Saraswati to cool themselves when they saw a cloud of dust in the horizon approaching the river banks. Yudhishthira and his brothers walked up to the bank to take a closer look. The rumbling sound of the chariot wheels and the galloping sound of the horses cautioned the brothers. Arjuna and Bhima picked up their weapons. But as the chariots approached, the fluttering flags on them made it perfectly clear it was their friends from the bhoja vrishni and andhaka clans who were paying them a visit the chariot stopped at a distance and from the leading one dismounted krishna krishna ran towards the pandavas and knelt in front of yudhishthira touching his feet to pay his respect the rest of the vrishnis bhojas and andhakas surrounded the pandavas the poor and ragged look of the pandavas brought tear to their eyes but krishna's eyes lit up in anger with a thunderous voice he said the kauravas will be destroyed for sure the blood of duryodhana dushashana karna and shakuni will flood the battlefield we will kill them all and once again establish yudhishthira as the emperor to destroy the evil is our divine duty krishna noticed draupadi standing in one corner with tearful eyes he came up to her and said panchali don't despair i am with you draupadi looked at him and said lord vyasa says you are the god of the gods you are the lord of all beings but to me you are my friend Then how could that evil Dushashana dare to drag me by my hair to the assembly hall? The sons of Dhritarashtra laughed at my humiliation. They wanted me to serve as their slave. Shame on the Pandavas! Shame on Bhima's strength! Shame on Arjuna's Gandiva! While their wife was being molested, they sat still and watched as if it was a game. even the weakest husband protects his wife that is the norm but my husbands didn't the pandavas would give their lives to protect their subjects but they did not protect me why <laughs> krishna held her and tried to console her he said don't cry my dear sister we are with you draupadi looked at him and said no no i have nobody 
I have no husband, no sons, no brother, no father and and not even you. Those filthy creatures violated me, insulted me, humiliated me. Still, you take no action against them. Krishna said, Trust me, Panchali. Arjuna's arrows will kill all those who have insulted you. Please be assured, I will do whatever I can to help the Pandavas. Now please stop crying and stand by your husbands. I promise you. Fourteen years from now, once again, you will be the empress of the world. Nothing can change that future. Arjuna said, Draupadi, don't cry. Krishna's words will come true, I promise you. Listening to the assuring words, Draupadi calmed down a little. Krishna then turned to Yudhishthira and said, O king, if only I was in Dwaraka, things wouldn't have turned out like this. I would have gone to the Kuru Assembly Hall even if I wasn't invited and somehow managed to stop this evil game of dice. If Dhritarashtra didn't listen to my reasoning, I would have forced him to stop. I would have killed those evil gamblers if needed. The moment I returned to Dwarka, Satyaki told me of your misfortune and I came running to see you. I am so sorry to see you suffer like this. Yudhishthira said, But Krishna, where did you go? Why weren't you in Dwarka? Krishna sat down next to Yudhishthira and said, I had to go to destroy King Salva's Sauvanagar, the flying city. The Pandavas all gather round Krishna to listen to this story. Krishna said, When King Salva came to know that I had killed his dear friend Shishupala at your Rajasuya ceremony, he got angry and attacked Dwarka on his airship. The huge airship called Sauvanagar was a complete city in itself. The airship approached Dwarka and hovered in the sky near the outskirts of the city. The Yadava warriors prepared to defend the city of Dwarka. The citizens were ordered to prepare for war. Drinking and all other forms of entertainment were banned. All the bridges to the island city were destroyed. No boats were allowed to ply. Salva's army surrounded and held the city in a siege, forcing the gallant Yadava heroes like Sambhya, Pradyumna and Charudeshma to come out and attack. Sambhya attacked Salva's general Khemabriddhi, who soon fled the battlefield. And then a giant named Begavan attacked Sambhya. Sambhya killed him with a single blow of his mace. A fierce battle broke out between Pradyumna and Salva. But Pradyumna failed to resist Salva's arrows and fell unconscious. His charioteer took him away from the battlefield to save his life. But when Pradyumna regained his consciousness, he asked his charioteer to take him back to the battlefield. A Vrishni never runs away from the battlefield, said Pradyumna to his charioteer. What would Krishna, Balarama and Satyaki say of me? 
before going to Yudhishthira's Rajasuya ceremony, Krishna gave me the responsibility to defend Dwarka. I cannot disappoint him. The charioteer drove Pradyumna back to the battlefield and he attacked Shalva with a fierce volley of arrows. Overwhelmed by his sudden attack, Salva fell off from his chariot. And as Pradyumna was about to hurl his spear to finish off Salva, voices rang out from the heavens. Let go of Salva, for he is destined to die in the hands of Krishna. Pradyumna withdrew his weapon and Salva jumped into his airship and fled. Yudhishthira asked, Then how did you slay Shalva? Krishna smiled and said, After the conclusion of your Rajasuya ceremony, when I reached Dwarka, I was shocked beyond belief. My beautiful city was in ruins. Right away, I took my army and went on to find Salva. Salva was in his airship hovering in the sky over the oceans. I shot a barrage of arrows at his ship from my bow. I hurled my fiercest guided missiles to his ship. Hundreds of soldiers in the airship got killed as they dropped down into the ocean. Salva then began his illusory warfare. I used my Pragyastra weapon to defuse his illusions. But his illusions became stronger. Just then, a servant of King Ugrasen of Dwarka arrived and gave me the most horrible news. He said, Krishna, Shalva has killed your father Vasudeva. King Ugrasena has ordered you to stop fighting and return to Dwarka at once. The news shattered me, but I kept on fighting. Suddenly, I saw my father fall from the Sauva airship. He was screaming and flailing his arms and legs as he crashed into the ocean below. It was such a horrible sight that I lost my consciousness. Little later, when I got back to my senses, I saw the airship was gone. I knew it was an illusion to trick me. I thought, enough is enough. I summoned my faithful but deadly weapon, the Sudarshan Chakra, and instructed it to destroy the Sauva airship and its inhabitants. The chakra rose to the sky like a second sun and hurled itself towards the airship. Just as a saw pierces through a piece of log, the Sudarshan chakra cut the airship into pieces. Salva tried to flee, but the Sudarshan chakra went after him and chopped off his head. Krishna stopped for a while and looked at the Pandavas. They were speechless by this amazing story of Krishna's conquest over Salva and his airship. Krishna stood up and held Yudhishthira's hand and said, O king, now you know why I couldn't come to the game of dice. If I were there, I would have never let this happen to you. Later in the afternoon, Draupadi treated Krishna and his entourage with a delicious meal cooked in the magic pot given by the sun god. 
after the meal krishna and his friends bade farewell to the pandavas and left their forest abode in the evening when the sages and brahmins began their evening prayers in front of the fire yudhishthira sat down and listened to the hymns his face was glowing in the light of the fire he thought of krishna's visit krishna's support and his assuring words washed off all the disturbing thoughts that bothered him since the days of the game of dice a peaceful and tranquil feeling spread through his mind and body Draupadi stood by the door of her hut and noticed how Yudhishthira sat relaxed and listened to the Brahmins chanting. She couldn't comprehend how could a man stay so calm after what they all have been through. Doesn't he have a shred of anger in him? Even Krishna was furious to see the plight of the Pandavas. She walked up to Yudhishthira and said, "Tell me something." Are you really a Kshatriya? They say that no Kshatriya can be devoid of anger, but I see you are an exception. You, the emperor who lived the life of luxury in a grand palace, now live like a pauper. Doesn't that make you angry? Doesn't Vimshana's plight bother you? Bhimsena alone could have destroyed the Kauravas. but it tolerated the humiliation only for you your brothers arjuna nakula sahadeva all suffer because of those kaurava scoundrels but you still don't want to punish them i draupadi the only daughter of the great king drupada the daughter in law of the great king pandu and queen kunti is leading the life of a forest dweller because of those hurtless brutes doesn't that make your blood boil how could you pardon those sinners people ignore a kshatriya who fails to display his power and valor when needed you are the most learned of all don't you know what the great king prahlad said to his grandson bali when bali asked What is better to pardon or to punish Prahlad said neither each has its time and place one who pardons all the time often suffers and is disregarded even by the servants and commoners again one who never pardons also suffers hence when needed you must be tough and when needed you should be soft one who has done good to you in the past should be pardoned even for his gravest mistake one who unknowingly commits a crime is also pardonable but one who commits a crime knowing very well of what he is doing and later feigns ignorance should never be pardoned everybody deserves to be pardoned for their first crime but not for their subsequent misbehaviors The sons of Dhritarashtra have knowingly committed these heinous crimes not once not twice but several times you should never pardon them Yudhishthira was quite baffled to hear this long speech from Draupadi 
He took some time before he could speak. My dear Draupadi, you are a knowledgeable woman and well versed in the scriptures. You should know that although anger can be beneficial at times, but it can also cause great harm. Luck favors those who can control their anger. An angry person loses their head and can commit the most horrible crimes. Nothing can stop them. They can kill the innocent or worship the criminal. These thoughts help me control my anger. Remember, one who can control his anger with his knowledge and consciousness is praised by all. The pundits think of such men to be the most powerful of all. Only fools confuse anger with power. When Bhishma, Krishna, Drona, Vidura and Vyasa advise our uncle Dhritarashtra to pursue peace, I am sure he will return us our kingdom. But if he succumbs to his greed and refuses to return us our due, he will suffer the consequences. But Yudhishthira's words did not please Draupadi. She looked up at the heavens and said, I salute the Almighty who has submerged you into this delusion. That's why you have digressed from the path of your ancestors. Nobody can acquire wealth and power through kindness and righteousness. You have learnt many scriptures, acquired great knowledge, performed great sacrifices. Still, you lost your mind and played the game of dice to lose your kingdom, your wealth, your brothers and even me. Did you ever think why? I will tell you why. It is said that the Almighty decides the fate of the mortals based on their karma from their past life. It is the Almighty who makes us do what we do at every moment. Like a marionette, he plays us by the strings and we obey his commands. Just like humans use metal to cut through metal, God uses a human to kill a human. He does not treat us living beings as his children. Rather, he treats us as despicable wretches who deserves to be punished at every moment. Watching your plight and Duryodhana's success, I despise the Almighty who has caused this situation. If a man suffers the consequences of his sin, then God is also a sinner. And if a sinner does not suffer for his sin, that's because he's powerful and strong. It's for the weaklings I feel sorry the most. Draupadi's cruel words bore into Yudhishthira's hurt like a spear. But still, he kept his calm and said, Yagasani, you speak well, but your logic is flawed like an atheist. I do what I am supposed to do and not for what it gives me in return. I donate for the sake of donation, I sacrifice for the sake of sacrifice and I pray for the sake of prayer. One who exploits religion to achieve one's goals can never achieve the benefits of religion and righteousness. Only atheists doubt the worth of righteous action. Draupadi, you are arguing beyond your limits of knowledge. Do not doubt the power of truth and righteousness and never ever condemn our Lord, the Almighty God. 
Draupadi realized that she has been too harsh. She said, I do not want to condemn the Almighty. I am sorry that I have been rude, but, but my words were caused by my severe pain. I want to say something more. Please, please listen to me with an open mind. O King, get rid of your depression and take action. One who depends on fate and accidents is foolish and misguided. Desired results can only be obtained by either God's grace or by manpower. O King, we have suffered a great misfortune. Now get up and use your manpower to win back what is rightfully yours. The Pandava brothers were listening to this conversation with great interest. But Bhim Sena was fuming in rage. When Draupadi stopped speaking, he stepped ahead and stood in front of Yudhishthira. Yudhishthira knew time has come for him to face his brothers. Unless he is able to convince them, there is no chance for him to regain back his pride and his kingdom. The Stories of Mahabharata is written, directed and told by Shudipta Bomek. Audio engineering, original music and sound design by Avi Ziv. Find us online at facebook.com slash Mahabharata podcast. Join the group for updates and news. Subscribe to the podcast using iTunes or any other podcast catcher. On Twitter, we are at Mahabharat Audio. The podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons non-commercial license.